I've got an interesting what if for you. What if HBCUs decided to skip out on March Madness? So you know what? I got another one. What if the MEAC and the SWAC decided to face off at the start of every sports season? Oh, yeah. It's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember, just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey's over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives, which you can find right here at the bottom of your screen. Or if you're on the audio side of things, don't forget the S on the end. Now, today's really a vibe. I'm just going to let you guys in on a little bit of a secret. I got some extremely comfortable slippers on below. Y'all probably don't care, but these things feel good, and these are my first time wearing them while recording, so I'm going to go ahead and say it like that. But then I have an interesting premise for you, an interesting just what if. Not proposing anything, but just giving a thought out there. What if HBCUs, specifically those in the SWAC and the MEAC, decided to skip out on the NCAA tournament? Wouldn't that be interesting? Now, I'm, I'm not suggesting anything. I'm not saying that this is what should happen. I'm just telling you, I think it's an interesting premise and one I wanted to look into a little bit deeper. So I decided, you know what, let's go ahead and do that. So as of right now, the SWAC and the MEAC have automatic bids into the NCAA tournament, into March Madness. We're talking about basketball specifically. And I don't, it's not like they can't turn it down. So there's two reasons that this train of thought even came to me. One, the precedent had been set. And then two, the lack of real success. So when I say the precedent had been set, I'm talking about football. The MEAC used to have an automatic bid to the FCS playoffs. They decided to decline that. No, we're just going to go ahead and go to the Celebration Bowl. All right, that's cool. That set a precedent that you can decline an automatic bid. You can decline for your conference to have one. Not saying that the team says, you know, we just don't want to play in this. But the conference as a whole can say we no longer want an automatic bid. That's enough precedent for me. Now, I understand that the FCS playoffs have finances involved. I don't really talk about that here on the show too much because that's not my realm, you know. So if somebody whose realm that is, if this is an actual boost financially for the NCAA tournament, then maybe let me know. You know, I would love to know. But that's just not the route I'm going. I'm strictly talking competition wise. Preston has been set that shows you can do that. You can form your own group. Now let's look at the fact that there's just not a lot of success. We're 16th seeds, 15th at the most a lot of times. It's, it, you don't really go past the first round often. Now maybe if HBCUs are going three, four deep, my mind wouldn't even have thought of this. Maybe this wouldn't even been something that I even considered for even a second. Because I don't know what made this come into my mind. I don't even remember what I looked at that made me think about HBCU skipping out on the tournament. But I'll tell you this. When I was at Texas Southern 
and we had the, uh, I think it was the College Insider Tournament because we didn't make the NCAA tournament that year, but we had a really good season. I had so much fun. And you know why? It was partially because we were winning. Winning is just better. I'm sorry. I would rather win in something like the College Insider Tournament than lose in the first round of March Madness. I had so much fun going out to Lafayette for that game. That was, that was extremely exciting. So all of these things bundled into one led to me saying, you know what? What if we just skipped it as a whole and formed our own, our own tournament? That's what the next result would be because you don't have to end your season after your conference tournament. You can now have an HBCU March Madness. And I'm sorry, North Carolina A&T, Hampton, and Tennessee State, you ain't invited. You HBCUs, we got love for you, but you ain't invited to this. The OVC is not giving up their automatic bid. The CAA is not giving up an automatic bid. And I wouldn't put you in a position where you got to decline that automatic bid or say, well, we just don't do that. So we're going to take the second place team. So this is what the alternative is. There are 20 total HBCUs on the FCS level, excluding those three. You got 12 in the SWAT. You got eight in the MEAC. That makes 20. I ain't bringing everybody. Last place teams. Sorry. Should have been better. Now, there's the difference between 18 and 16 is that 18 teams requires you to have a play-in. You're going to have four teams who play-in. That depends on how you feel about it. If you're not, if you're not a fan of a play-in type format, then you just go to 16 and it's really that simple. And you just cut the, the four teams off and you cut two teams off. Yeah, you cut two teams off. But the last place team in each conference, adios. Got to get out of here. But this is how I would do it. I'm going to say 18 just could it be fun. It adds an extra, an extra round. That will be nice entertainment for me. The last four or the worst four teams by overall record would be the teams who would be the play-in. I don't care if you're all from the SWAC. If the SWAC has the four worst overall records out of the 18 selected teams, you're going to see four teams out the SWAC in the play-in. So it's not second to last, third to last in each conference. It's just the four worst overall records. You don't have the incentive to play out-of-conference games other than for monetary benefit. And you might want to not sacrifice your seeding when it comes to that. I get it. I get it. So it's just kind of a game. I don't want to do conference record because everybody's not playing the same conference opponents, right? It's like you're playing the MEAC versus playing the SWAC. I just think it's better to go by overall record. So that's how I'm going to do it. It's just about how you want to sort out your schedule. Are you going to play some SEC squads? Are you going to play some D2 squads? How are we going to balance that out? That's things that can come regulated later. It's not a full out idea. This is just a brainstorm. So overall record is the seeding from everywhere from 16 or 14, I guess, whatever, after the play-in up until three. One and two is going to be your conference tournament champions. So we'll just put it into play right now and act like the first place team actually won the conference championship in the tournament. Has to be the tournament, not regular season. If you're the first place team in the regular season, but the fifth place team in the regular season wins the tournament, they are the number one seed or the number two seed. That would just be decided by overall who's first and who's second. So right now, you're getting rid of Coppin, getting rid of Mississippi Valley State. They're gone. They're last place in the division or last place in the conference. They ain't got no business here. Then you're going to have South Carolina State, FAMU, Delaware State, and Texas Southern who would be in the play-in. 
Texas Southern is kind of tied with Bethune-Cookman in, in Prairie View, but in the standings, they're last, so I picked them. But we did just get a big win over Southern. Anyway, that's not the point here. But you got South Carolina State, FAMU, Delaware State, and Texas Southern who are in the play-in. And then Howard would be the number one seed with Alcorn at the two seed because they have a better overall win percentage. And that's how the tournament would work. Y'all let me know what you think monetary just doesn't make sense it's better to just go to the march madness or you just used to the march madness and that's what you want once again i ain't suggesting a thing i'm just giving you a thought we just gonna have stream of consciousness every now and then on this show and today i had an interesting stream of consciousness, so i decided to go ahead and open up the episode with it but i'm not done with my what ifs i'm not done with my what ifs give me your pros and cons off of the the hbcu tournament but what if we had a meak swag challenge for every single sport at the beginning or somewhere in the mid-beginning of the season. We'll talk about that as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Before we get into that, though, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the number one official sports book of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I love this place, man. We're all the way in on basketball now. Whether you're a Grizzly fan, uh, a Celtics fan, a Bucks fan, a Pelican fan, a um, Warriors fan. Maybe you're just a fan of the game and feel like you're a savant of basketball. FanDuel is your place. Make a little bit of money on your favorite team, your favorite players, your favorite sport, or just something that you feel like you know a lot about. Go to FanDuel and get the odds, get the props, get the money lines, get the single game parlays. Everything is there. If you can think of it in your mind, Go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. You'll find it there on the website. Put some money down on it. And if you really know what you're doing, it's easy money, right? FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more. And as we continue with Locked On HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day. Every day for your second listen, make sure you check out Locked On College Basketball, which is everything you need around the sport, wherever you get your podcast, basically, wherever you're listening or watching me right now. Just go ahead and type in Locked On College Basketball. When I finish, go ahead and press play. Great content after great content. So let's keep it rolling. I just gave you a hypothetical situation about the HBCU skipping out on March Madness, skipping out on the NCAA tournament. Well, I'm not done with my what-ifs. This is my last speculation, but I am not done with my what-ifs. And this is actually kind of very similar. It's along the same lines as the what-if that I just proposed to you. It still had the precedent that was set by football. It still requires the MEAC and the SWAT coming together to figure something out. But that's about where they stop. Because I'm not asking you to forego anything. I'm just asking you to set something in place. It's my belief that there should be some sort of swack meak showdown to start every single sports season. Now, I got this idea from a Twitter user who brought up an old topic of mine. Shout out to NCAA Football Zone because he brought up, or she, I don't know, ain't no, ain't no face on it, but they brought up the old topic I had of expanding the swack meak challenge in football. And in that, I was talking about, well, the first place team from the SWAC faces the first place team in the, in the MEAC, the second place team in the MEAC faces the second place team in the SWAC, and so on and so forth. And that's just how you set up the first week of football. Now, I only go like four deep. I'm not trying to go to every single team, but maybe four deep. That's good for bragging rights. And matter of fact, they asked, well, what if we did that for other sports? Or what other sports would you like it to be? I think that was the question. Somebody came and said football basketball and baseball, I believe. All of them. Let's just do every sport. 
Every sport except for track and field. But even in, in track and field, you have an HBCU showcase. At least they did earlier this year, I believe. So this isn't foreign. This is, these are things that we've seen. I'm going to use basketball as my example, but it kind of expands to everybody. And I think you can make it applicable. And I, I don't even know if you have to really alter it too much to make it applicable to anybody else. Football is like the one sport where this tournament style doesn't really fit. But I'm going to tell you about it. All you have to do is pick four teams, two teams from the SWAC, two teams from the MEAC. We've seen this. It just isn't annual. That's the only difference. And the, the SWAC and the MEAC haven't put it together. I just, I just saw six SWAC teams face six Pac-12 teams. And they called it the SWAC Pac-12 Legacy Series. You're telling me that the MEAC and the SWAC can't come together to do something at the beginning of every sports season very similar to that? I don't think it's difficult. I don't even think it's that complicated, to be honest. And I think it's extremely beneficial, but I get into it after I tell you how it could happen. There's two ways that it could happen or three ways that it could happen. Actually, you could do it the same way I talked about football, where the conference champions face off at the top of each year. Then maybe second place, third place, fourth place. You can do it just like that. Very easy. Or these are the other two that are more similar to each other and a little bit different from there. Just pick four teams, two from the SWAC, two from the MEAC, put them against each other. The CP3 HBCU Classic, you had basically two games or four games that are already set. So you have A, B, C, and D. Those are the four teams. A face B. After that, A, A faces C. No matter what happens, you're just going to play those games. Now, in the first year, I think Norfolk ended up going 2-0. And with Norfolk going 2-0, it was basically like they were the champions, but you didn't have that actual crowning. There was no competition. They just so happened to sweep each game. And no other team went 2-0. So technically, it's like they were the, the champs, but not really. And that's why I advocate for this format. And it's a tournament. We've seen midseason tournaments. They happen. It's not abnormal. It's, there's, you can look at somebody else if you want to know exactly how you want to do it. You're not rebuilding or what they call it, uh, um, rebuilding the wheel. I don't know. But you're not creating something out of thin air. You have something you can base it off of. You can base it off of me. And this has happened. If this happens, y'all better cut the check. The mouth of the South needs a check, all right? Because what nobody else really talking about doing it like this, the way I'm talking about it, I haven't heard those rumblings. And if it happens, pay me. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. But you can take two teams from the SWAC, two teams from the MEAC. Doesn't matter who they are. They can be alternating. Doesn't need to be a first place team, second place team, or anything of the sort. You can pick eight and three, four and one. It doesn't matter. Just put teams together and... You would have these two teams, or excuse me, each team faces two games, plays two games. This is my tournament idea, right? So each team plays two games. You have your first opponent, and if you win, you go to the championship round. If you lose, you go to the consolation round. We've seen it. We've seen it. So if there was some sort of basketball, or really any sport this applies to, but I'll just say basketball, any kind of swag meak challenge for basketball, you can have four teams. You can just have them play two games apiece with no competition attached to it, even though there will be bragging rights for each conference. You know that's going to happen. So why just leave it out there idly? Let's capitalize on this. Let's look at what we can do, and we can take two teams from each conference, have each of them play an opening round game. After that, you either go to the championship game or you go to the consolation game. The champion gives actual bragging rights and not speculation. That's why I love it. That's my what if I'm actually proposing this. This is not something I'm just putting a thought into the air. That's the big difference between this and my HBCU tournament theory. My HBCU tournament was just something I wanted to just throw out there and see what you guys thought. But this here is something that I firmly believe should happen. Whether it's basketball, baseball, softball, volleyball, 
anything but, but football, anything that you can logically do it, except for football, why won't the SWAC and the MEAC, the two biggest FC, B2 HBCU FCS conferences, come together and just have this united moment of competition, this united division? <laughs> That's what this is. The MEAC and the SWAC coming together for a tournament is united division, divided unity. However you want to say it, I think it's a great idea and it's a great way to start off every season. We've seen the popularity of it when it comes to football. Why not see if the popularity will stay the same with another sport? Now, going forward, we're going to stick to one sport. We're going to keep it with basketball and we're going to talk about the CIAA because Virginia Union is your first seed. I told you about the importance of last night's action in the theory the what if that we posed on yesterday's episode did come true and that means that union is number one And that's wrap up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. Shout out to all my segment three people. Thank you two times for making us your first listen. And then also just making it all the way to the end. Y'all know that I appreciate that. Now I want to talk about Virginia Union because Virginia Union is the number one seed in the CIAA. And they are your CIAA regular season champions. I believe in tiebreakers. Some people don't. I believe in tiebreakers. We seen it last year in the MEAC. Three ways this thing was split. We've seen it this year in MEAC football, two ways it was split. I don't really love co-champions. I believe in one champ because at the end of the day, Howard and North Carolina Central are co-champions in the MEAC in football this year. You know why you might not have known that? Because only one of them could go to the Celebration Bowl. Now, how did they decide that? A tiebreaker. So you know who first place is. Last year, Norfolk, I don't think it was Morgan State, it was Norfolk, Howard, and I think one other team in women's basketball, if I'm not mistaken, three-way tie for first place. But you know what? Only one got the first seed. You know why? Because of tiebreakers. So I say all that to say, there's a route where Virginia Union has to share the championship. They're co-regular season champions, but they are number one and they have clinched the number one seed. And to me, that makes them the champions. I don't care about a code this, code that, code watch, code nothing, okay? Let's just go ahead and talk about Virginia Union because this was an outcome that I've expected for a while. I expected the Union to see Union be the CIAA champions in the regular season. Once the tournament happens, the tournament happens. That's a new ball game. But after a while, it kind of came clear to me that you're going to see Union at number one, at the number one seed with a bye as well. But as the season went on, we saw some missteps from Virginia State made even more clear. I thought Virginia State versus Virginia Union in the last game of the season was going to be the game that decided this. I wish it was. It would have been significantly more dramatic, but it's not. It's not, and this is still the result that I thought I was going to get. I told you I referenced the situation on yesterday's episode. If you didn't get time to check out yesterday, I'll very briefly talk about it, but I do suggest you still go to look at yesterday's episode. Virginia Union clinched the number one seed, to my understanding, because I do not see the tiebreakers on the CIAA website. And if I am wrong, somebody correct me. But this is to my understanding. Virginia Union has clinched the number one seed in the CIAA tournament because they are 11 and four. Meanwhile, Claflin, not Claflin, Fayetteville State and Virginia State are 10 and five. The worst thing that can happen is that they all tie at 11 and five. If that happens, Virginia Union, Virginia State have knocked off Fayetteville State. Fayetteville is out of here. Now it just leaves the Battle of the Virginias. And even though they would have split a head-to-head matchup, Virginia Union has the tiebreaker because they have a better 
divisional record. That's to my understanding. So with that being said, and that's the absolute worst case, which means you lose your next game, Fayetteville State wins their next game, y'all three tie, Virginia Union still wins, so that's what we're looking at. Um, that's, that's, excuse me, that's why I believe they are going to be the number one seed and they have clinched it. Once again, if I'm wrong, somebody tell me. But I've said it two times, I think, already at this point, and nobody's told me that that wasn't the case. And that just makes sense to me on how tiebreakers will work. Conference record or head-to-head, because you already tied a conference record. So head-to-head, then divisional. That just makes sense to me. Um, but, yeah, like I said, so Robert Osborne and Ramad uh, Wright came up big in this game. Osborne had 16 and 10 on the day while Wright dropped 17. This wasn't a must-win game for Virginia Union because even if you lost, you could have came back and all you had to do was beat Virginia State. You just have to win one of the last two games for yourself, and you are going to be the number one seed. However, this was a must-win game for comfort. If you didn't want to create a must-win game, so whatever is right below that, that's what this was. And it's still a type of game that you want your stars to show up in. You could win the number one seed tonight or last night, and you did. Your stars show up. Double-double for Osborne. 17 points right was the leading score. And they really came alive in the second half. Union did because they were actually trailing at the end of the first. Shaw really led for pretty much the whole first half. The whole first half, it was Shaw leading. But I don't know what clicked in the second half, but they quickly got the lead. So with about 14 or about 15 minutes left in the game, they got the lead. With about 14 minutes and a half left, you didn't allow the lead up. You had a couple of ties in there, but you never let up on the lead. You were still in first or still in the driver's seat. You're still ahead or tied at the worst. So now that Virginia Union is the number one seed, and we've been paying attention to that for good reason, but now it's, it's wrapped up. I'm out of content. I don't know what I'm going to do. <laughs> now I'm playing. Um, but in, serious, in all seriousness, you now turn your attention to number two. It's just that simple. The same way we were looking at the top spot that was available, now that the number one spot isn't available, number two becomes the top spot that's available. Who's fighting for that? Now you bring in Claflin. Then you have Fayetteville State and Virginia State who are also fighting for it. Claflin has a loss more in the conference than both of these other two teams, so they would need both of those teams to lose, and then that tiebreaker's wonky. I ain't worked that tiebreaker out. But with that loss or with losses by those two teams and they win by Claflin, they might be able to get the number two seed. So you got two teams or three teams who are fighting for number two, and I think that's likely going to be your top four in some way. I think there's even a way that if Claflin loses, Winston-Salem wins, and then Lincoln wins, somebody else could get in. It's Once you get into these these right here, now you're getting a little bit like, okay, I don't, I don't know all of these tiebreakers because it gets a little weird because they have same conference record, same divisional record. Ooh. That's too much for me. We'll just see how that plays out. I could do number one. That was easy for me. I did it. But these are the three teams that I think are fighting for number two. And more likely than not, this is going to round out your top four, which is also going to give you the bye. And that's what's really important for you. You want to have that bye week or that bye game, even if you're not the number one seed. So that's what we're looking at, guys. Virginia Union, as we expected, is the number one seed. Claflin, uh, Fayetteville State and Virginia State are fighting for number two. We'll see how that goes on as we continue looking forward to the CIAA tournament. And on next week, we're going to be talking about the actual games in the tournament and not just looking at what the seeding could be, but you got to wait until then. On Friday's episode, we're going to be back with some of the best HBCU content, so do not miss it. Keep making us your first listen of the day every day for your second listen. Check out Locked On College Basketball wherever you get your podcasts.
including right here. I hope you guys still have it typed up. Just press play in about T minus 15 seconds. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.